This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 11th of November. In your Squiz today, catching Australia's most wanted, getting to the pointy end of COP26, marking Remembrance Day, and an ancient hangover cure. This is your Squiz today. The arrest of suspected drug smuggler Mustafa Baluch on the Queensland border in the early hours of Wednesday morning seems like the stuff of movies, Claire. He'd been on the run for two weeks after skipping bail conditions and cutting off his ankle monitor. A huge manhunt was then underway. Even international agencies were given a heads up to keep an eye out for him. He was discovered in the back of a truck. Tell us how it happened. New South Wales police said that they were tipped off by the federal police that Baluch was planning to cross the New South Wales-Queensland border in a truck and that happened uh, in those early hours and Queensland police were the ones that picked him up. There was a very uh, vigilant constable who noticed Mm -hmm. a truck had a container on the back and it wasn't properly secured. Uh, The truck was pulled over, the officer knocked on the side, Baluch knocked back thinking that it was the drop-off point Uh, and what they found was him hiding inside a Mercedes inside the truck and he is said to be quite shocked uh, by being found. Yeah, I bet he was a bit shocked. New South Wales Police Minister David Elliott said the capture will go down as one of the great days for the police force. For a bit of context here, Baluch is accused of being a pretty big figure in organised crime and heavily involved in drug trafficking. Yeah, a significant organised crime figure in Sydney and police uh, alleged that he spoke to associates about taking control of Sydney's cocaine market and then he was charged in June over a plot to import 900 kilograms of cocaine from Ecuador. Uh, He was granted bail last month. That was an application that police opposed Uh, but he was granted bail and then he went on the run. Uh, What police say in reports that have appeared in the media overnight is that he was heading to North Queensland, he was going to jump on a boat and go to Indonesia and then eventually land in the Balkans where another uh, former Australian crime figure is based. Instead, he was found in the back of that truck. As to what's next, New South Wales are wanting to extradite him from Queensland. He would then wait for his trial in jail. There could also be a review into why he was granted bail in the first place. A bit more to come on this one. We're getting to the pointy end of COP26, Claire, the climate summit in Glasgow. At the end of a summit like this, an agreement or a final document is generally signed by those that attended, an agreement on the outcomes of the meeting, if you will. A draft of this year's decision paper has been released and it apparently calls on countries to revisit and strengthen 2030 targets. That's something that Australia hasn't done. Yeah, it's difficult for, uh, of course, all of those nations on this very contentious topic of climate change to come to an agreement about what happened at that meeting. But the thing that they're really focused on are the next steps and the actions that need to be taken. And Australia looks set to have to come back to the United Nations in that forum uh, with new commitments for 2030 emissions reductions targets. Uh, you'll remember that Scott Morrison, while he took the next 
net zero by 2050 commitment, which was new from Australia. He didn't set any formal new short-term targets by that 2030 date. Uh, What we're doing is sticking with the 26 to 28% reduction uh, below 2005 levels by 2030. But the push, it seems, in a draft document is to have Australia and a number of other countries set more ambitious 2030 targets. So that's something that will be talked about in the coming days. Yeah, the summit is, of course, hoping to lock countries into actions that will keep global warming at 1.5 to 2 degrees by the end of the century. Lots to go yet to get that document in place in a final agreed text. Watch this space. On to politics and former Prime Minister Paul Keating addressed the National Press Club yesterday for the first time in 26 years. As expected, he had a few zingers when it came to reflecting on Australia's strategic framework. Lots to say, especially about China, Claire. Yeah, what he said is that Australia is at odds with its geography, uh, that China is simply too big and too central to be ostracised and that we need to do more to make sure that we are on board with our region and China, of course, being a big part of it. He also said that efforts from America to contain China's ambitions would make a cat laugh. Uh, That (laughs) is certainly something that will be talked about quite Quite a bit because Taiwan mm. is also very much on the agenda uh, and Taiwan is an issue that Keating says is not a vital Australian interest. It's something that we should stay out of. Uh, of course, he doesn't mind a bit of character assessment. Uh, Paul <laughs> Keating, he called Boris Johnson an old coconut head. <laughs> He is known for that biting turn of phrase. He really didn't disappoint. (laughs) He also described Britain as an old theme park sliding into the Atlantic compared to China. Very visual there. (laughs) If you fancy a bit of online shopping, then you're probably well familiar with Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. But bigger than both combined is Singles Day. It's a shopping day started by Chinese retail giant Alibaba to promote a bit of self-care. It's on the 11th of the 11th, so the date looks like four single ones, if you're following along with me. (laughs) The volume of sales is generally quite staggering, Claire. Oh, yeah, it is the biggest sale when you do look at those numbers. Uh, Last year's event saw sales of $78 US billion. That was up from $38 US billion in Mm. 2019. And just for comparison, America's Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales generally get around the 10, 11 US billion dollar mark. So it is a big global event. But what analysts say is that things could change a bit this year, and that's because the Chinese government has an ongoing crackdown on the country's major and very powerful tech giants. And uh, Alibaba, of course, is one of those businesses that are playing it very low-key at the moment. It's not so much of a big shopping day here, but if you are looking for an excuse to add to cart today, there you go. Something we might be a bit more familiar with commemorating on the 11th of the 11th is Remembrance Day. A minute silence at 11am on the 11th day of the 11th month. It's a time to honour the memory of those who died or suffered in Australia's cause in all wars and armed conflicts. Claire, we've covered Remembrance Day for this week's Squiz Shortcut. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I think it's really good to really get your arms around Mm. exactly what it is and where it came from. Uh, And of course, it does mark the armistice 
armistice of World War One, which was an incredible and mm. horrifying war. So we go through that in the shortcut today. Yeah, as you say, a refresher on World War One, how the minute of silence started, the significance of poppies. It's a really good one to listen to today. You can search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. It'll be the first one there. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes as well. We're heading into the silly season. A lot of us are coming out of lockdowns and getting used to socialising again. If you're in need of a bit of a hangover cure, no judgement here. But perhaps wearing a bit of amethyst might help, or so they thought back in the day, Claire. Yeah, what has happened is that a very old ring has been excavated from the city of Yavin. It's sort of in that Byzantine era. Uh, and according to Israeli antiquities uh, authorities, they reckon that people in those days wore that sort of jewellery to ward off the ill effects of drinking too much alcohol. Maybe they didn't have Bloody Marys back in the day. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a hangover cure, Claire? Oh, I don't get hangovers, I have to say. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I, my body is a temple. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, of course. Mine is, of course, water and time. That's all. That's all that does it. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire, what's on your radar? On my radar today is Jake um, Sullivan is addressing the Lowy Institute tonight. He is the National Security Advisor to US President Joe Biden. Of course, there's a lot of things Mm. going on between the US, Australia and the Australia and the rest of the Mm -hmm. world relationships. So lots to cover there. Good one to keep an eye on. Uh, For me, No Time to Die, the new Bond film is out in the cinemas today. If you're after a sports fix, though, the Socceroos take on Saudi Arabia for a World Cup qualifier match at 8pm tonight and of course that minute silence at 11am lest we forget. Have a good Thursday and we will be back with you tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.